we come this far by faith, leaning on the Lord. Amen, amen, and amen. Let us pray so we can get right into the word of God. Lord, we thank you, O God. We thank you for being a God that we can put our faith in. We thank you, O God, for being unchanging. We thank you, O God, for your consistency, O God. We thank you for being a promise-keeping God. Lord, we ask that you open up our hearts, our minds, and our souls, O God, and let us receive your word. Let it penetrate us, O God, as we strive to walk according to your will, according to your way. We give you honor, O God. We give you praise as we say amen, amen, and amen. Good morning, and thank you all for joining us this morning. I want to talk to you about something that is the underlying cause of some of our sins and wrong decisions, bad relationships, family dysfunctions, procrastination, racism, abuse, manipulation, unforgiveness, hatred, insecurities, and lack of faith. I'm talking about fear. In 2 Timothy 1 and 7, it tells us God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. Notice the scripture read, God has not given us a spirit of fear. So if God did not give it to us, where did it come from? There's only two sides to the spiritual realm. So what does not come from God, Satan has no problem gift wrapping and presenting to us. Let me break down the impact of fear. Then you will see how our fears play right into the hands of Satan. Fear shuts down faith as we act and react out of fear that God won't do what he promised that he will do. Fear pushes us into wrong relationships based on a fear of being alone, based on a fear of being rejected, based on a fear of lack or a fear of no provision. Fear also rises its ugly head and drives us to be fearful of failure. We fear, fearing that we'll be embarrassed so we don't put forth the effort. We won't invest our time or our resources into anything because we're fearful that we won't succeed. So we walk away from pursuing God's purpose, living a stagnant, unfulfilled life because of fear. Fear also gives life to insecurities as we fear that we're not smart enough. We fear that we're not the right color. We're not from the right side of the tracks. All of this lays the foundation for dysfunction and generational curses as we instill these fears in our children. Fear overtakes us as we stress over losing material possessions and status and titles and positions. As we turn the pages of the Bible, there are several people in the Bible who had to overcome the spirit of fear. And had they not pushed past fear, we would not be talking about them over 2,000 years later. Moses had to face his fear when God gave him the assignment to go and free the Israelites. 
Moses suffered from the fear of thinking he wasn't good enough. He said to God in Exodus chapter 3, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? Moses' fear was based on his insecurities, based on that he wasn't able to speak correctly. And in chapter 4, he's still trying to give God reasons why he's not the one for this assignment. He says to God, pardon your servant, Lord. I have never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow at speaking and tongue. We cannot allow our fears to monopolize us. Faith in God is the only thing that we should allow to consume us. We have to walk in faith. God promised that he would never leave or forsake us. So we have no reason to be fearful. We have to maintain a faith that through whatever the storm, God can and will provide the umbrella and the shelter needed to keep the storm from taking us out. God reminded Moses of this as he says, who gave human beings their mouths? Who makes them deaf or mute? Who gives them sight or makes them blind? Is it not I the Lord? Now go and I will help you speak and will teach you what to say. When fear is what keeps you from moving, let the word of God speak to you like Moses did. When he said, now go and I will help you. God's help is always available to you, which makes fear only as relevant as you allow it to be. Fear is so powerful that some of us use it to manipulate the minds and the moves and the actions of others. Hate groups, cults, and false religions are all rooted in fear. The fear of change, the fear of loss of position or status, the foolishness that we saw on January 6th at the state capitol that we're still having to bring clarity to was all rooted in fear. The fear that one race may become obsolete. Fear manipulates the mind so that the same people who fear the loss of a racial status proclaim to be Christians but don't reverence the Holy Bible which reads in Galatians 3.28 that there is neither Jew or Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is no male or female. For you all are one in Christ Jesus. Then if you turn to Romans 2 and 11, it tells us that for God chose no partiality. So if God chose no partiality, who are you? Fear was used to manipulate starting in the Garden of Eden. Turn your books to Genesis 3. Remember the serpent led Eve to fear that something was being withheld from them. Something that could be a benefit to them. 
And as the manipulation stood on the shoulders of fear, it provoked Adam and Eve to sin against God, to go against the word of God, to doubt God's intentions and provisions. When someone approaches you, trying to get you to buy into any kind of fear, stop, stand back and evaluate. Is this fear challenging my faith in God? Who will benefit from me walking in this fear? We have politicians who just so happen to claim to be Christians, but who have designed their political campaigns around exalting fear. They threaten that if you don't elect them, taxes and prices will go up. The saddest part is some are so fearful of losing money and not being able to feed their families that they begin to buy into the manipulation, prompting them to make decisions based on fear. Let me tell you, any decision made based on fear will prove itself to be the wrong choice. But you see how fear will drive you to make wrong choices. Choices that doubt who God is. Doubt the word of God. It is not the will of God for us to operate with the spirit of fear. Politicians today have not come up with any new devices because the politicians in the biblical days played the same game. Turn to Matthew chapter 22 and you will see they came to Jesus asking, tell us then, what is your opinion? Is it right to pay the imperial tax to Caesar or not? In other words, should we worry about this rising tax, this, this new tax, What should we do, Jesus? Jesus responded to them and he said, render unto Caesar what is Caesar. In other words, why are you so worried about men and the government when I am your God, I am your savior? Do you know how insulting it is to God for us to make decisions based on fear as if he is not a God of provision? as if he can't open up the windows of heaven and flood his children with more than enough. God is a God who has provided for his children in the midst of famine, with plagues running rampant in the land. Read the book of Exodus. I don't know about you, but I will not make any choices or decisions based on rising taxes or prices because the God that I serve If the prices and the taxes rise, he will just up my child support because I am a child of God. He will make up the difference. So I say to these politicians, if you want my vote, where are your qualifications to lead? Show me your integrity. Speak the truth and outline your plan for the people. Because my father is rich in houses and land. And I'm not worried about price points. I want to be able to pinpoint your real agenda. You cannot hold on to fear and faith at the same time. You have to choose. I declare I am too faith-filled to be fearful. 
This is what is troubling me. Politicians and swindlers and manipulators and dictators operate betting that we don't have enough faith in God to make choices based on righteousness alone. We have to begin to recognize the exaltation of fear is a tool of manipulation. Unforgiveness is also rooted in fear. We can't forgive because we are fearful of being hurt again, of being made a fool, of being ridiculed, and even fearful that if we don't hold on to this issue, the one who wronged us will never be held accountable. So we hold on to unforgiveness as a form of punishing those who wronged us because we're so fearful that the word of God will not be exalted and the wicked won't be punished. So we hold on to unforgiveness out of fear. Failed marriages and relationships put fear in folks. And it also adds to the stew, bitterness and resentment. You have men and women disrespecting each other, withholding love and emotions, all out of fear of being hurt again, fear of being disappointed, fear of being rejected. In Proverbs 29, 25, the scripture reads, the fear of man lays a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is safe. Don't allow fear to steer you on your road of life. Own your mistakes make wiser choices, and seek to do things according to the wills and the ways of God. When you fear failure based on your past mistakes, you have given the spoils to Satan, and he wins. Forgiving yourself is a surefire way to shut down fear and assure that you don't begin to nurture insecurity. Forgive yourself and move on. And don't let anyone keep reminding you of your past mistakes. Keeping you fearful. In Matthew 18 and 21, Peter asked Jesus, How often shall I forgive one who sins against me? And Jesus answered, Seventy times seven. Sometimes we are the one who has sinned against ourselves the most. The same principle of forgiving applies. And we need to forgive ourselves 70 times 7. I'm going to be very transparent right now. I've had repeated failed relationships and marriages. I went into none of them. None of them, do you hear me? Not one. According to the mandate of God. I didn't seek God's face, his word, his blessing, or his approval concerning not one of my relationships. But when I began to embrace the word of God, I had to own that. I had to come to terms with my ungodly ways. I had to forgive myself. I had to let go. Because as long as I held on and did not forgive myself, I carried knapsack of fear. 
now that I have completely turned my life over to Christ, I am not going to say I'm absolutely against marrying again. I will not close the door to whatever God has for me because of fear of getting anyone else's approval, because of fear of ridicule or fear of failure. Let me tell you something about fear. It can be dispelled with truth and wisdom. We have to own our faults and our mistakes and then seek God's wisdom so that we can move forward with confidence and faith in God, not fearful of the world and circumstances. Forgive yourself. A lot of the things that you're fearful of, think about it. Think about why you haven't taken that chance or opened up that door or explored that opportunity. What is it that's holding you back? Why are you fearful? It's likely rooted in an unforgiveness that you're holding against your own self that you have not let go of your mistakes. You have not forgiven yourself for stumbling. You have not forgiven yourself for falling. You have not forgiven yourself for making that bad decision. I have been an eyewitness to the fact that God will open up doors of opportunity regardless of how many mistakes you have made, regardless of your age, regardless of the opinions of people. But if you hold on to fear, you will never find the courage to walk through those doors and you will miss the true blessings of God. See, because some blessings God had to wait until you actually stumbled and fall. Sometimes he has to wait until we stumble and fall so that when we get up, we're stronger, we're wiser. Because some blessings, he need us to be at a certain level of wisdom to be able to even appreciate, to be able to even fulfill what his purpose is for extending the blessing to us. The only fear we as believers should maintain is the fear of God Almighty. And this fear is not associated with the act of being scared. It is the act of reverencing God, his word and his will. The fear of God is different because it leads us from sin as it is rooted in a deep desire to please him at all costs. The fear of God shuts down insecurities and exalts faith in him. The fear of God annihilates racism and hate and lifts up love and compassion. The fear of God is when one acknowledges the magnitude of his grace and his mercy and can't conceive living without it. The fear of God comes when you embrace his word and realize that it is true and that one day you will have to stand before him on judgment day. And just the thought of being turned away from his presence 
and not having access to spend eternity with our creator, our sustainer, our provider, our comforter, the king of kings and the lords of lords is unbearable. In closing, I want to leave you with two scriptures about fear. In 1 John 4 and 18, the scripture reads, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, for fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. To be perfected in love is to be grounded in your faith in God, for he is love. The second scripture that I want to read to you today is Isaiah 41 and 10, which reads, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. God is saying, tell fear to find another home, for you have invited me in, who is your helper, who has promised to uphold you. And on that, you place your livelihood. Everyone under the sound of my voice, put the devil on notice. Repeat after me. I am too faith-filled to be fearful. Glory to God. Let us pray. Father God, in the name of your son, Jesus, we thank you for your word. We thank you for not giving us a spirit of fear. We come to you, God, asking that you help us, that you strengthen our faith in you, for it is faith in you that will cast out and shield us from all aspects of fear. For we want to walk by faith, not by sight, for it is in our sight that fear is invoked. Guide us, O oh Lord. Protect us, O oh Lord. Shield us from fear. For we know that it is not from you. We give you glory, O oh God. We give you honor. Amen, amen, and amen. I would like to thank each and every one of you for tuning into Bible Deliverance's Sunday Sermon. I pray you deem the message worthy of sharing with another. We would like to invite you to submit any prayer requests or biblical questions that you may have on our website at www.bibledeliverance.org. And if God has placed it on your heart to sow into this ministry, you can also do that on our website. Again, that's www.bibledeliverance.org. Be blessed. Say